What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fearless as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Christina Lauren, and super excited today because if you are watching this, you see we are in a brand new studio here at Sticky Paws, and I'm so excited. I instantly felt just that much more professional for some reason, and I have my good friend Chandler Vickione here. Hello. Welcome. I am really excited to have Chandler on the show. Another one of my actual good friends that I have obviously talked to before. Not somebody who makes me super nervous, but I will say when I met Chandler, I was highly intimidated. Uh. (laughs) And I know know she was going to say that, but I, I think it's really cool when you meet somebody for the first time and you immediately and sometimes unfortunately maybe get a sense of them that's not completely accurate. And I guarantee you this happens to me all the time. People tell me that I, you know, might look a little like resting bitch face kind of in the gym kind of thing. But if they like saw my podcast clips, they're like, oh, wait, that's not the person. And I think that's so cool. And when I um, met Chandler, I... I just, I, your energy is so different than what I saw. And for so many reasons we'll talk about and what's changed. Yeah. yeah. Obviously we have so much to unpack here, but Chandler is an online coach and also a makeup artist, athlete. What else do you do? Um, I do a lot of things. (laughs) I wear a lot of hats. Uh, I have, you know, a weekend job serving. I have my own online coaching business and then I'm also contracted by another online business. So the, I just, I do a lot of things, you know, and I'm a freelance makeup artist. So I wear a lot of hats, you know, and I have always liked to diversify my income, you know, so it makes things a little bit safer. So, uh, but if I were to kind of identify as one thing, I would probably say fitness coach. Right. How yeah. long have you been doing fitness coaching? Um. Oh, wow. Uh, Eight years now. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I relate to that so much because I do so many things. Yeah. Like so many things. And I, I've never really been able to just like pick one. And nope. it's not because I can't commit. It's just because I like doing a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. Which and I'm sure you relate to. I don't need to put myself in a box. You know, other people might want to. But like for me, I have no need to or want to do that. Right. You know. Right. And going back to what I was saying, like when I first met you, I met you in the gym. And I mean, you're a fucking badass athlete. And Thank you. you're tatted. If you aren't watching, she's completely tatted. Yes. And she, um, to me, gave off this like badass, like don't fuck with me vibe, which is fucking cool. But when I met her, it was like, oh my gosh, nice to meet you. Like, yeah. like where are you? Who are you? Where are you from? You are so open. And I think that's so cool because you can really get put off by somebody just in the gym for one. Yeah. And then for two, if they have tattoos, just like the the essence that they give off. So so I know the type of uh, impression that I leave on people just by looking at me. So what uh, would you say the type of impression? You intimidated. Leave on yeah. Intimidated. You know, like I walk around with my head held high. Like I have a lot of tattoos. I have muscle, you know, so I'm not your typical like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I take up space when I go into a room and I won't apologize for that, you know, but I also do know that I sometimes have to be overly friendly with people to get them to open up to me. Right. So like I will do that purposefully, like because a lot of the time I'm very good at, you know, like reading people's energy and I'll meet someone, especially women who are kind of like, oh, shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> uh, I was out the other night and there was two women that sat next to me and I could tell they were very like 
intimidated, you know, and I was like, hi, guys, you know, like yeah. I was super nice and super friendly. And I do that purposefully just because I I want people to see who I am and not just the way that I look. Right. You know what I mean? Now, do you feel like you've kind of been this way your whole life growing up? Has this stemmed from somewhere or do you feel like this has just been your energy since you were a kid? I, well, up and down, yeah. you know, so I think I have always embodied that very, like, I got class clown when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been This very, does not surprise me. Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> In, I, like, the best way. Like, you're one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I've just always been really outgoing. And I think, especially as, like, a teenager, I was always like that. And then as I got older and I started going through, you know, some trauma in my life, I think I started to change a little bit mm -hmm. and I started to dim my light. And then now I'm, you know, coming back into myself after, you know, escaping a lot of things, but and working through and healing a lot of things. So uh, it's always been there. But I think I, you know, like dimmed suppressed. myself. Yeah, I yeah. suppressed myself because I was trying to fit into a box and be a specific way for someone or for everyone or for what I thought was, you know, socially acceptable, mm -hmm. you know, so... And that's so common too. It's not just with people who are outwardly a little bit different in a way. I feel like what I'm finding is a lot of people try and fit themselves in a box because of what society tells them that they should be like. Absolutely. And it's really hard. And I've, you know, encountered a little bit of it on my own in fitness. Like it's either I'm too muscular or not muscular enough. I'm too skinny or too curvaceous. Like mm -hmm. put your boobs away or she doesn't have enough boobs yep. or like the standard of society is to have a big butt and yep. a small waist and this. And so it's always one or the other like you're never enough yeah and that's really hard as a woman and you know people could tell you all you want like well just don't think that way well it's not that fucking easy when you're no. getting it crammed into your brain all of the time to be act look a certain way yeah. and to break free of that is like so liberating to get to the point of like i don't give a fuck of what you think of me i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> Walking around feeling like that is like, I can't put it into words, you know, because a lot of, it's funny, a lot of uh, my, some of my friends have like coined my, me saying, who gives a fuck, you know, because that's <laughs> my response to a lot of things is, you know what, who gives a fuck? I don't right. care. I don't care if you, you know, want to judge me for what I'm doing or the way I'm living. It's not my problem. It's that's just like your what problem. you said. I could care less if I take up space and make you uncomfortable. Yep. Because that's, and that's not rude. That's just saying you are absolutely okay with how you are, what you are, what you're putting out there. And it's, you're not offending anybody by taking up space. No. Well, so that, that is kind of my like way that I'm living right now. And the way that I want to live is as long as I'm not hurting anybody. Right. With what I'm doing. I don't care what you think, mm -hmm. you know, like I will do whatever I want, whenever I want. And as long as it's not imposing or hurting on it or hurting anybody, I refuse to apologize. Right. And so let's take it back a little bit, because I will also say like in the time I've known you, which has probably probably been about like six months to a year. No, closer to a year, right? Closer to a year. OK, yeah. about a year or so. Even the person that I met in the gym Verse, like a month or two later, I had in my chair as my client, as mm -hmm. a hairstylist, to mm -hmm. how we talked to the person that's sitting in front of me right now. I literally feel like you're a different person. Yeah. And it's beautiful because oh. I I relate to that. 
in, yeah. in so many ways because when you've gone through something that's like not so favorable or you've finally hit that like shadow work part of your life where you have to realize all of the toxic behavior that not only you've been through, but that you are doing to yourself, you start doing, I got goosebumps, you start doing the healing that allows you to like crack open that, right. that barrier you've had on yourself to be in your fullest expression and to say, I'm fucking done with the bullshit that I've let myself experience or that mm -hmm. I've put myself through. Enabled. Yes. Because yes. you enable yourself as well. Yep. And I'm blossoming. And yeah. now you have this like freaking glow. So can we just like, for people who have never met you before, maybe take it back to the stuff that's like kind of kept you from becoming like your fullest expression? So <clears throat> I think there's a lot of things, but I most recently, so what uh, you're referring to is uh, the relationship I was in, the marriage I was in. And I, in my, my marriage, wanted so badly to be the perfect wife and the perfect partner. And I gave so much of myself and got mistreatment. And I didn't care because all I cared about was him. You know, so I completely lost myself trying to be this perfect wife, this perfect version of who I thought he wanted, and I completely lost me. It's like the loss of identity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've mentioned this previously to friends, you know, when I was talking and I, I said, I feel like I'm like 16 again. I feel like I'm like 18 again. And I think I just relate that to I feel like who I was before I tried to be somebody else, you know, and I don't think it's necessarily like a child. I think it's just my authentic self, right. you know, who I was before the world kind of told me that's who I shouldn't be, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I um, lost myself in a relationship and <clears throat> it's hard because, you know, you love the person you're with and it's hard to look at them and yourself and the negative qualities that you have so it's it's tough. But yeah, you know, so that was kind of my um, where I catapulted out of that and came into, you know, stepping into myself and finding myself and refusing to be treated in a certain way that I didn't deserve to be treated. And yeah, standing up for myself, I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. And I think that from ages like 15 to 50, I, I don't know what dem but huge demographic you want to give, not just women, but men too, like. Standing up for yourself, finding your non-negotiables, and holding yourself accountable for what you've allowed, allowed yeah. to happen. Mm -hmm. And I know people probably want to fight me when I say this. And trust me, I was in a place, too, where if someone told me that I wasn't taking accountability in a toxic situation, that I was technically being the one mistreated, I my ego would have flared up and been like, no, like, yeah. I, this is fucked up. Like, mm -hmm. this shouldn't be happening to me. Right. But what's crazy is like when I think back to it now and how I, I'm able to look at it, I could have left the situation. Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. No one had me in handcuffs. Mm -mm. Like no one shackled me anywhere. And I chose to stay and work on it. And I will never regret that. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting when you can kind of like look back at your behavior because I'll just speak for myself. I don't want to say, I'm sure you can relate, but I was unhappy, miserable, oh, yeah. self-sacrificing, mm -hmm. but I chose to stay to make it work because I loved somebody more than I loved myself. Oh, that well, so that's the thing is I would have drove myself into the fucking dirt, which I did mm -hmm. for somebody else because I loved him more than me. Absolutely. So where do you think, where do you think it comes from when someone can say like, 
I loved someone else more than I loved myself. Well, I I speak for myself in this, which I feel like there's a lot of people that will probably relate to this. You know, I do a lot of therapy, go to therapy every week. I'm going on pro therapy over yeah, here. Yeah, at, yeah, pro at, therapy. At Fearless. <laughs> um, so I've been going to therapy consecutively for three years now. So I've and my therapist is very blunt, which is the reason do you why feel like you need that. Yes. Yeah. I can't have someone. I'm a Gemini. Okay. Oh God. So, <laughs> so I uh, I can't have someone that is you know pussyfooting me. It, it doesn't, I love that word. It, it doesn't work. It just doesn't yeah. work. I need someone who's going to be in my face, like take a look at yourself, or I'm not going to listen because yeah. I have a very strong personality, you know, mm. and I do well with criticism. I do, but it needs to be in my face criticism. Otherwise right. I'm going to brush it not off. Not sugarcoated, no. not like no. just like, oh, let me just like gently no. say this to you. No. You need to like fucking hear well, it. Well, because I have such a strong personality mm-hmm. and strong opinions. It needs to match. Yeah, it has to match me. You have to get in my face. And my uh, therapist is a Gemini too, so she gets it, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, she has pointed out a lot of the things and a lot of the uh, issues that I had within myself that allowed me to think that treatment was okay, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, when I started opening up to her about, like, my relationship and my treatment, she was like, why do you think that you deserve this? And I was like, what? And she was like, this is not normal, but why do you think that it's okay? Why do you think – if your friends came up to you and told you that they were being treated this way, what would your response be? And I'd be like, get the fuck out. What are you doing? And she's like, so why is it okay for you? And so I had to think about it, you know, and I was like, why am I okay with this? You know, why am I okay with getting treated and being told that what I want is too much and I don't deserve to get that? So I had to do a lot of, you know, work within myself. And for me, it kind of bubbled down to my relationship was my only relationship I ever had. My husband was my only boyfriend I ever had. And I think there was a lot of like self-esteem issues I had because of that. And I thought, okay, well, this is the only guy that's ever going to love me, you know? And I wanted to do everything I could to keep that and hold on to it because it was the only one who did ever love me. You get like a death grip on it. Yeah. Because you just don't want to lose it so bad. Yes. So, I mean, for me, it was my only love. And I'm like, this is the only one I ever got. I'm probably never going to get another one again. That's just what was in my head because I didn't think I was deserving of it, you know? So that's on like not loving yourself enough to know what you deserve. Yes. But it is hard when you're in it because you could listen to this now and be like, of course I didn't deserve that. But when you're in it, you don't see it. It's like you have blinders on to a lot of things. Yes. And this goes for anything, not just relationships, but relationships when you're so invested and so like lost in the sauce and yeah. kind of like you're just in the, the pit of it. You yeah. don't see things from all these perspectives. No. And I think the biggest thing for me was I thought I had to be someone that deserved to be treated well when the truth is we all innately are you know, deserve to be treated well. Nobody deserves to be treated badly, especially by the people you love. You know, like you don't have to be this perfect person to be treated well. Right. You know, everyone deserves to be treated well. Right. And I thought I had to be perfect and, you know, look a certain way, act a certain way in order to be treated well when it's no, we all deserve that. Right. And listen, there's there is a difference between listen, we we all have trauma. Oh, yeah. Everyone has trauma. And 
realistically, I think that you're going to meet somebody in your life or be in a relationship with somebody who you're going to be able to help them with their traumas and they're going to be able to help you with their traumas. And you can kind of meet in the middle and assist in that healing. Like, healing. Mm-hmm. That is like beautiful, ideal perfect world because no one's going to come to you perfect. No No. one's going to come to you with a blank slate and be like, I've got nothing to deal with. I've got no baggage. Yeah, no. And But that's different. That's different between having a partner who has trauma that you both can work on together and mistreatment. I don't want people to think that these are the ones and like, well, you expect me to be perfect. You expect your partner to have nothing wrong. No, No. hundred percent. No. So my, my thing that I always tell people is as long as your partner's willing to work on things with you together, that's what matters. Right. No one's going to be perfect. I'm sure as hell not perfect. You know, I have things I'm actively working on. Right. But the difference is I am conscious in the fact that I have things I need to work on mm-hmm. and I'm working on them. Right. Opposed to I know I'm fucked up and I'm not working on it. You're going to have to deal with it. And that's that's the whole like, well, just take me as I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah. That is that's a, I don't think anybody should really ever say that to no. anybody because no. that's a very immature way of looking at the way you are. That's yeah. not wanting to face yourself. Right. I've heard those words a lot in my life and I'd be like, and I would stay. Yeah. I'm like, because well, I wanted to help, but there's only, there's only, <laughs> you're a fixer. I'm a just fixer. Like me. <laughs> I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. I would say, um, yeah. I've done this in all areas of my life, not just my relationships. Yeah. Look, I create a podcast. Want to know why? Because I want to help people. Yeah. This is just, you know, there are, there is a um, demographic, demographic, I don't know if that's the right word, but like a group of people that are healers and helpers and things like that, but you can't be self-sacrificing. No. You have to learn how to protect your energy when you do things like that. Right. When you're in, you know, because, you know, it's like that with fitness too. You know, you help people. That's what you do. That's why I love it. But you also have to learn how to draw lines with people sucking the energy out of you, you know, and it's in your profession. Client, professional yes, relationships. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. It's your relationships, your friendships. Cause I've had friendships too that were narcissistic friendships. Yeah. That, you know, sucked the life out of me. And I just wanted a friend so badly that I didn't care. Yeah. You know, you need boundaries in everything. Yeah. Work relationships, friendships, actual romantic relationships. And boundaries aren't bad. And that's no. what I, that's what's actually like a really interesting realization for me because when I thought about boundaries I thought about I'm putting a blockage on my connection with somebody but that's not that's not accurate having boundaries is just knowing when enough is enough and Mm -hmm. when people can overstep because even friendships like you said can overstep boundaries and it's if you ever are around somebody that at the end of the day you're like oh my fucking god I'm so drained like I feel like I can't even like I need like an hour to decompress because this person just sucked it out of me Yep. That means you have no boundaries with that person. That's You can't just fully blame it on that person. Like Mm-mm. They might be a certain way in overstepping, but have you set a boundary with them so that they don't overstep? No. Well, so, okay, when I started therapy, <clears throat> my first lesson was setting boundaries. Oh, yeah, me that, too. That Weird. was my first <laughs> thing I had to learn, and it was so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. For I don't know why asking for the treatment that you want is so uncomfortable for people. Because it's typically not what you want to hear. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I know, like, so it's, I don't know. I think it's also thinking that you deserve to be treated the way that you want, you mm-hmm. know? Because there's a lot of people that don't. They're scared to ask for it. 
Yeah. You know, because they're oh, like, oh, 100%. Well, I, do, I just want friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll deal with it. And that's on self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. You have not set up what you want and what you feel like you need for yourself. And you, like, let go of those standards. Right. And that puts you into potentially toxic situations. And that's the accountability part on the other side. Yeah. And I think that comes with a healed version of yourself yeah. too, because you don't, you won't recognize the victim mentality until you realize what part you've played right in the situation. Yeah. And your healed self also evolves, you know, there isn't one. So I always thought like my journey to healing, right. was going to oh, be like, God, yeah. here I go going up, I'm learning and I'm getting better. No, it doesn't work like that. No, it's literally like up and down and up and it down. It reminds and up me of down. like a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. That's like the, what I get in my head. Cause like one thing you're like, Oh great. And then all of a sudden you're like smacked in the face and you're yep. like, fuck, yep. I feel like I'm at rock bottom again. Like what the fuck did I do all this, all this therapy for? What did I do all this like yep. journaling for? And then you, yep. Then you like get in your head and you're like, well, fuck all this shit. And then yeah. you go back down to the bottom and then mm-hmm. it's literally all over the place and never ending. Yep. No, it is never ending. It is a constant everyday battle with things. So how do you give yourself grace in your healing process? <sighs> That's, you know what? I'm still learning how to do that, you know, because I, there are days I'm like, well, fuck, I've done so much. Why is this still bothering me? Like, why is this still something I have to work through? You know, like when I've been working on it every day for three years, you know, like, why is this still like a wound, you know? And I think understanding that I'm always going to have to some somehow in some way deal with a lot of the things that I've been through in my life and just know, like, it's okay. You know, if I have a bad day or I get triggered somewhere, it's okay. You know, like, okay, so I'll give you an example. I was at work, my weekend job where I'm serving, and I watched a man scream at his wife, like stand over her. She was sitting there in the chair and he was standing over her. They're both drunk. And he was screaming at her, hitting the table, yelling at her, getting in her face. And it triggered me. And I had, you know, like PTSD and I started freaking out and I started getting anxiety and I had to go to the bathroom and like I was crying. And I was like, that was I think that was one of the first days I realized how much I have gone through and not really been able to really dig deep into yet, Mm -hmm. you know, because admitting how bad your treatment was, it's not easy to do because you have to admit I allowed that. And I just sat there. And that's like the embarrassing part of it. It is embarrassing. It. It is embarrassing. As I, I never spoke up. Yeah. And this, it's so interesting because people will ask you, well, why did it take you so long to say anything? Because it's fucking embarrassing. It's incredibly <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Well, well, so that's the thing of why, I mean, I have been single for, I don't know, I think it's several months, you know, it's been a process since the beginning of the year, you know, going through all of this at the start of the year, not the very beginning, but, um, and I haven't really spoken about it, you know, like on social media online, I've been very, very quiet about it because it's embarrassing to say, like, I sat there and allowed myself to get treated like this. Didn't say anything to anybody, you know, didn't speak up about how unhappy I was until I finally just snapped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot fucking live like this. Like, I can't. And it just got to the point where I was like, either something needs to change or I'm getting the fuck out of here because, like, I have lost myself completely and I cannot live like this or I won't live. 
I, I won't survive. The further you lose yourself, the less strength you have to even recognize what you want for yourself anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that goes to everything. I know there are people who probably listen to this and they're like, oh, they're still talking about toxic relationships. It's not just about that. No. It's about what you have done to yourself mm-hmm. that has an ongoing effect on the rest of your fucking life. No, it is... Once you lose yourself, coming back to yourself is not easy to do. No, and you'd think it'd be all that. I saw this meme once and it was like, what I thought my my like growth would look like or what I thought my spiritual awakening would look like. And it's all of these like happy, smiley faces and yep, rainbows yep, and flowers. Yeah. No, it's fucking not. The other side is like somebody who looked like they just got, like went through like a fucking tornado. Yeah. And that's how it is because I thought that. And there mm-hmm. was there's periods of it, obviously. But then yeah. there's also periods of like extreme heartache and Mm -hmm. feelings of loss and because you're also grieving this is what an energy worker told me and it was really interesting she said you are grieving the loss of your former self and i was like what what do you mean like i don't i don't really understand what that means and she's like you have to let go of the version of yourself that you were in order to survive and i'm like okay i wasn't going through like domestic abuse like i wasn't ever hit i wasn't things like that mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. here i am minimizing what i was going through mentally yep. for myself yep so i had to take that down first and foremost and then i had to realize that that version of myself was the version i created to withstand what i was going through which numbed the fuck out of me yeah but that version of myself deserves some grace because she got me through it. Yeah. But I have to lose her to gain this version of myself. And I was sobbing, like sobbing my yeah. eyes out. And I have to, it was during, it was during like a Reiki kind of energy mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't realize what I created yeah. to survive. And what I mean by survive is just to get through day to day without breaking down. Right. I don't mean survive like I was running for my life. I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people who have, right, have right. been like that. But right. in my particular situation, when I say survive, I mean get through a day without breaking down. Yeah. But you had to create a version of yourself that might not be your authentic self to do that. Right. And when you move on, you have to lose that person mm-hmm. and you have to soften. And that came with frustration because (laughs) yes because when you soften and you take down that like masculine shield it leaves you vulnerable ah there's the word i was looking for vulnerability and i recognize this because i'm going through this in my current relationship where the second that i feel vulnerable i'm like oh fuck no like no 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 don't don't you can't come any closer because i'm i i know what happened last time yeah and that goes back to what you were saying that healing pattern is not linear. No. And yeah, it's not fucking linear. No. And I, one thing that, so I did affirmations when I first started therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's so hard. It's it's incredibly <laughs> hard. And one of did my- Did she make you look in the mirror and mm-hmm, like tell yourself Every stuff? morning with my note cards. And uh, every morning <laughs> I had to look in the mirror and tell myself vulnerability is a strength. So that was very hard for me to grasp because I grew up an athlete, right? Where athletes don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad was my coach. And, you know, athletes don't cry. You suck it up, you deal with it, and that's it. You do not cry, you know? And for a very long time, I did not allow myself to cry because I wanted to be strong. That's what I wanted. I wanted to embody being a strong woman, you know, and a strong person, you know? So I didn't get vulnerable with anybody ever. And, 
it was only when I started going to therapy that I started opening up because I was literally at the point of like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I couldn't leave my house. My anxiety was so bad. Like I was, I was a shell of mm-hmm. myself, you know? And she wanted me to understand that being vulnerable is a strength. And I was like, how the fuck is that a strength? <laughs> like, why is You're that? Like, I feel like shit when I'm vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. And well, well, she goes, she goes, do you know how hard it is to be vulnerable? That's- and I was like, yeah. And she goes, do you think weak people do that? Or do you think strong people do that? And I was like, damn, dude. There it is. Yeah, well, you have to be incredibly strong to be able to say, this is me. Naked. Yep. Literally. Yep. And if you don't love it, that's okay. I'm still going to be okay. Because yeah. I love it. You know, it's a very, t- it's a very strong person to be able to do that and open themselves up to the world, you know, because yeah. you're open, opening your wounds up, you yeah. know, and some people are going to love it and some people aren't. And you have to be okay with whatever opinion comes your way. Right. And you have to be okay with yourself in that form too. That was one thing I struggled with was I was having a hard time forgiving myself mm. for allowing myself to be that way. Cause I'd gotten over like what had happened to me or for me. I want, I keep saying, yeah. but I got rid of what the other person played into it. Yeah. And then I was beating myself up, but yeah. that is just as bad, if not worse, I feel like, because you can forget the other person. The other person goes away. You don't have to see them anymore, even if you don't want to, but you have to sit with your fucking self every single day. And if you are not nice to yourself, you will never heal. Nope. You will never heal. And I wondered like why I was so sad. And a therapist brought it up to me like, you need to forgive yourself for what you, you put yourself through and start understanding your inner child and where that came from. Because if you think about the person as just your inner younger self, how can you be mad at that? Like picture your youngest, like let's say like eight year old self. Are you going to scream at her and tell her that you're upset with how she got treated? Because that is the reason why you wound up in that situation to begin with. Yeah. The wounds that were created for your younger self are Mm -hmm. exactly what happened. And it's okay to say wounds. Like I lost my dad when I was young. Yeah. I never had like a good father figure from that moment on growing up. My mom was a fucking rock star. I will give her so much credit, but when you lose a father figure, I don't care how it was, whether it was abandonment, whether it was death or whether it was just like a non-existent parent. Yeah. That little girl is searching for that safety in a man. Yeah. Again, which if I think back, I was always wanting like, is this my husband? Is this my husband? Is this my mm-hmm. husband? And that's like so, so like tender if you, I break it down like that. But once you can break it down like that, you have so much more grace for yourself because you understand why your behaviors were like that to get you into a situation. And now fast forward to, let's say, a situation like a relationship where you're trying so hard for them and you just want to make it work so bad because you think that's what you're supposed to do to keep them and not get them to leave. Yeah. There's there's stuff underneath there. Oh, yeah. Well, it's – I thought that was a healthy relationship. When you like fight tooth and fucking nail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that's what you did. You know, you sacrificed. And that's what I was taught. That's, you know, what I saw. And when you start realizing that that's not a healthy relationship, it's hard because that's your belief system. Yeah. So now your whole entire belief. Yes. So now your whole entire belief system is shot and gone. And you're like, well, fuck, then what is it? Like, what am I, what is a healthy relationship? What does love look like? What is, I'm still learning that. I don't know. You know, yeah. like there are still parts of me, like I, I still see it <clears throat> in myself. 
I still want to be this version for whoever it is that I'm into, whatever it is, I want to be the perfect version. And I, but I am now aware of it. And now I'm like, okay, no, let's mm-hmm. not do that. Let's stick with being you, you know, like I, I still have those patterns in me because it is so ingrained in me and it's going to take a long time for me to get rid of that. Yeah, you but, know? You're, but you're self-aware now, which is like yeah. the, the best because that's the best thing you can be in the situation. Right. So that's like, it's incredible when you can actually like dive deep into that and at least talk about it. And I feel like the healthiest relationships are two people who can actually talk about the shit that they've been through mm-hmm. and help each other in those moments. Because you know what? It's not... It's not the responsibility of someone's partner to clean up a mess they did, that they didn't make, but if they can aid in that healing and it's interchangeable, that is what we're on this planet to do, to love Absolutely. each other better Absolutely. and to help each other more. But you'll notice a big difference when you can start recognizing those things versus somebody who just expects you to be a certain way no matter what treatment they're giving you. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my ex used to tell me, I thought you were a ride or die. You're just going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to motherfucking leave when you're cheating on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure. Okay. So, all right. I remember uh, I had a conversation with my ex once and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I never thought you'd leave me. Oh, and, I've and heard I, it. Yeah. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, I, I always thought you'd be here. And I said, no. I said, you thought you could treat me any fucking way you wanted and you could abuse me and I wouldn't leave. And I wasn't strong enough to leave. That's what you thought. Oh my God. And, yeah. he, and he said, yeah. He yeah. goes, yeah, I did. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, guess what? I'm standing the fuck up for myself now. And that's when it's shocking because there is the accountability part that I had a hard time looking at. Because you would put up with the treatment. Absolutely. Well, you let it happen. You know that saying, people, you treat people how to treat you. you. Yeah. You show people how to treat you and you accept the love you think you deserve. Those are the two things that allowed me to sit there and get treated unfairly and treated in a way that I shouldn't have been treated because I thought I deserved that. And it's, I I let him. I let him. Now, do you feel like if you had been more self aware? prior to this, you would have fallen into this treatment and allowed it to happen as long? As long, no. Yeah. But I do think I still would have had to experience it and I would have put myself through it because- There's always a reason. uh, Yes, there's always a reason. And two, I am a hopeless fucking romantic. Yeah. And I It's like recipe for disaster. No, it is. With like people like us. It is, it is. (laughs) I, I put love- above everything in life. I put it above money. I put it above anything. You know, like love is, I as a little girl, it's always what I wanted. It's, Me too. It's still, love is number one in my life. And I think I had to experience a toxic type of love to understand what love is and not what the version I thought love was. Does that make sense? You have to be willing to break those ideologies that you thought you had about something yeah just as simple as like the way our parents or even our grandparents grew up would like graduate high school go to college get married have kids like there was like get a nine to five like Mm -hmm. there's there's a a playbook right and i think people think there's a playbook for relationships too and that doesn't work no it doesn't so it doesn't fucking work especially for everybody so i as a kid when they used to ask me like what do you want to be when you grow up i wanted to be a wife Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have a husband and be a mom. And that's what just I wanted, you know, and I am not ashamed that that's what I wanted. I know there's nothing wrong with that. And I know that there are a lot of people that are like, 
oh, well, you should want, don't tell me what I should want. Yeah. I'm going to want what I want. That's you like know? telling somebody who's like, my goal is to be a mom. It's like telling them like, no, you need to have more goals. Than yeah. That. What if your desire is, is that maternal? Like, yes. That's okay. No, it is totally okay. Yeah. It is totally okay. But when you put yourself, when you go down a road where that is the only thing you're thinking about, because you want that so bad. I mean, I had a husband, I had the house, he made great money, I made good money, like we were solid, you know, and we were gonna buy a house and it was, a, you know, like it was what I always thought I wanted. And then I realized it wasn't what I wanted. You know, it was on paper, great. But when you actually go to the day-to-day of how I felt and how I was getting treated and it wasn't what I wanted and it was very hard to accept that. That what I had spent my whole life thinking, this is what I want. And I'm in the situation to to be where, where I wanted. I got there. It sucked. Yeah. And it's hard too because people are talking a lot lately about like the polarity with like masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. How masculinity is dying. How feminine, how females are becoming more masculine and how it's like fucking up everything. Yeah. But- if we go back down to it, a female's drive should be to procreate and to find a safe man and yeah. do all the shit. Yeah. But when you you wound up in that position where you found all of that and it obviously wasn't what you wanted and you broke free of it. Yeah. And it can potentially transform you into like I need to I need to alpha up in my own life and become this person to survive in a world where, you know, we kind of have to. Yeah, we do have we, to. We kind of have to. And it's okay to like let that down for like a safe relationship. But when it becomes not a safe space anymore, that's when you have to go. And I think that there's a lot of women who listen to this podcast who are stuck. Yeah. And this, and I, it's, I hope to God this never becomes like a, people looking at this podcast as like a man bashing negative. That, that's, that's not, not fucking no, it. Like no, it no, is no. not it at all. I actually like really appreciate men and like masculinity oh i love men i fucking love it (laughs) and like but i like a true masculine man yeah and like i shout out to my fucking boyfriend because he's been one of the only ones that i've been able to soften for yeah and that i wish i I said that loud see that's the masculine (laughs) i was like i shouldn't have admitted that but it it, that's beautiful though remember vulnerability is a strength yeah as i roll my eyes (laughs) he's probably laughing watching this but Um, What I was getting at is like it it takes that safe space to become a woman that can soften and be that for a man. Yeah. And it's hard if you ever see a woman who has like a really hard exterior and is like not letting someone in, refusing to be vulnerable. It comes from a lot of hurt that usually comes from a man. Yeah. Or their parents. Like, yeah, some parents can contribute. Absolutely. But if you see that, there's no reason to punish a woman because she's like acting too alpha. Just help her soften because I guarantee you it will work. Oh, absolutely. It will fucking work. And the women who are in that position who are like, well, fuck this. I don't need a man. I don't need this. I can do it on my own. You've got healing to do too. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with being alpha in your own life as a female. But in a relationship, you have to like... You have to find that like balance. Balance. So that's, it's just balance. That's what it is. Is it's balance. Everything in life is balance. You know, like I, I feel like women who step into like their masculine energy, a lot of it is survival. It's survival mode. It is one hundred percent survival. It's a conversation that's like really hard for some people to hear. Yeah. Because they think, oh, this is great. Like, no, I'm like, I bossed up. That's cool. Yeah. But 
you're also potentially in survival mode too because you know that you weren't safe. No, you're you know totally I mean? right. You're totally right. Yeah. I I know for me, like I'm in like boss mode right now, you know, live on my own. Like I, everything is great. You know, it's it's awesome. But at the same time, like, is that really what I want? Yeah. You know, well, I think, do you think you can have both? I think you, as there's balance. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, like I think if you have a space where you can be safe and allow that feminine energy to come out, because I mean, okay, think about it this way. Like my last relationship, I feel like I was in survival mode the whole time. And now that I'm out of it, even though I am more in that boss up alpha mentality, I still feel more feminine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I still feel more like just womanly and I I guess I kind of feel like I glow more, you know? Yeah. It's goddess energy. And yeah. I, I know that sounds like like kind of cheesy, but I know what you mean. Yeah. You fall into yourself, which becomes feminine. Yeah. And and I mean, I feel the same way. Like yeah. I feel like I've probably bossed up the most in my entire life that I ever have, but I I feel more like a woman than I ever have yes. too because I'm not in survival mode yes. anymore. And I think and that's the balance. Yeah, it is the balance. And I think another thing with when you look at like feminine and masculine energy, being open and vulnerable is a feminine energy quality. Right. So because I've been able to step out of survival mode and get away from being like, you know, this all the time and scared and step into being open and vulnerable, it makes me feel more feminine yeah. because the caretaker part is a female feminine quality, mm -hmm. you know, and even if it's a caretaker towards yourself. Yeah. You, you know? need that. Yeah. And it's OK, too, for the masculine side of thing to step into being vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. Just by having a feminine quality of being more vulnerable doesn't yes. make you less of a man. It actually oh, makes no. you more of a fucking man. Well, OK. That's sexy as fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, that's what I mean is I don't I think there's a balance between females, female with female with feminine and masculine energy and a man with feminine masculine energy. Everyone should have a balance. You know, it's not just women. You yeah. know, so uh, I know for me, I would love to see vulnerability in a man, you know, being open and honest. It's like, I love that shit. Like, hello, green flag. Yeah, especially you know? if they're also embodying the perfect, like masculine yes. man that is a provider, caretaker, mm -hmm. leader. Yes. Like that's the number one yes. word there. Like, yes. don't get it twisted. I know people are going to come from like, well, he has to pay for everything. Like, no, no that's not what no. I mean about a provider. provider. No, I, that has, it, for me at least, it has zero to do with money. That does zero. not have to mean money at all. No. Mm -mm. It, for me, it means that you are providing me with a safe space. Mm-hmm. And a person to run to to protect me yes. and take care of me and know that like if my world's falling apart, like you're my masculine dude, yes. that you you fucking got it. Yes. That's providing. Yeah. Like you're providing a safe container for me. Yeah. That's it. Th that's the way that I look at it too is kind of like my has my back. I have my own backbone, but a stronger backbone. You know, yeah. like someone who I really can turn to. See, that's ideal what you just said. Yeah. You have it, but – Someone else has it even more. Yes. Too. Yes. And like it's it's an equal playing field or they're they're more. And yes. I think that's what a feminine female like is attracted to. Yeah. For right? me, I mean, sense? for me, it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's that's what I desire most, you know, because like I said, love is my number one thing, you know. So for a provider, 
when I say provider, that's what I mean is a safe space, someone yeah. who provides me with love, someone who has my back, someone who I can count on. Right. At the worst times in my life, I can count on you. Right. When I say I need you, you're there. Yeah. And you I know? think the ideal situation too is if you have all of these qualities you're looking for in someone, you have to show up as that person too. You can't just expect yes. to attract this like, yes. I want a man that's going to do this for me and provide this for me and be this and look great and have a six pack and like mm -hmm. have a nice car and a nice house and a 401k. What are you showing up as? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you need to show up something with something. You need to bring yes. something to the table. And that's not saying that you need to like put yourself out there for fucking auction. Right. But you have had to do the work to become the ideal version for yes. that person as well. Yes. Because if you have, then you've been doing the work on yourself. Yeah. And that's fucking attractive. Absolutely. <laughs> that's I'm, fucking attractive. I mean, uh, it's not, I'm not putting off a laundry list of the things yeah, that I want. Yeah. I, you know, like, of course there's like the ideal man, but I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for like the ideal, ideal man. I think it's more of what are your non-negotiables? Yes. And for me, that's what I said. The safe space, the vulnerability that for me is like non-negotiables. Yeah. I and, get a little irritated when I hear girls who actually like listed off things like I did when they're like, well, he has to be six foot two or taller. Yeah, he ew. has to make this much money a year. And I'm no. like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I hate And this that is shit. a non-feminist in me talking. Like, yeah. I think that shit's bullshit. Yeah, no, I <clears throat> I totally agree <laughs> with you. I, well, because I mean, think about it. it. Think about when men say that about women. Right? And women get fired the fuck up. Yes, and they're like, you have to have this size waist. You have to have a big booty. You gotta have big tits. You gotta have this and this. Think about when, like- You don't want a man talking like that. Fuck no, you don't. <laughs> and so when- when girls say it about men, I'm like, that's not fair. You are literally the female version of that guy yes. that you don't fucking like. Yes. Why can't we all just like meet in the middle? Weird. <laughs> it's a weird concept. You I know? No. Like, but that goes back to it. Show up as the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Your ideal version of what you want to look like, that person will find you or you'll Absolutely. find that person. It'll be the match. Well, so <clears throat> I always, one thing that I have learned in, you know, this past journey of going through the relationship that I was in was, if I show up in the world as what I think everybody wants and not as myself, I'm never going to feel loved. And eventually that's going to crumble. Oh, it will crumble. And you'll feel no love from anybody because nobody knows you. You don't even know yourself. Exactly. So how can you feel loved when you're not even showing yourself to people? Yeah. You're not going to feel loved. Someone once told me when I was like really broken, they said, treat, oh, I got goosebumps, treat yourself like someone you loved. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, for some reason, it like stumped me for a second because I'm like, it was like a weird statement. Yeah. But I was like, am I treating myself like someone I loved? Yeah. Fuck, I was not. Mm -mm. I was not because I would have never, if somebody came to me, like you said earlier, if a friend came to me and said, what should I do? This is happening in my relationship or this is happening in my life. I would want to save them. Yeah. So why wasn't I saving myself? Exactly. And it's like, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But that's where it starts. Is, is you. Yeah. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, it always comes down to you. Yeah. And like no one by any means who speaks, especially myself, like I'm no fucking guru on this shit. I'm just oh, speaking neither. from experience because this is exactly what I've experienced. And from yeah. what I'm understanding, there's so many people who are going through these identity crises and they wind up so lost. Yeah. And not to mention fucking the way society is right now and social media, like does anybody really know who they are anymore? I was going to say, I was going to say, I think a lot of it boils down to us 
as people constantly seeing other people and their highlight rule highlight reels and thinking, oh well, this is what everybody likes, right? This is must this must Th- be what I have. This to is do. what I got to do. You know, like yeah. this this uh, there's fifty thousand likes on this picture. I got to wear this type of outfit. I got to have this type of hair. I got to do this. I got to act like this. I got to be like this. And people lose themselves. You know what's crazy is I just had a phone conversation with my prep coach yesterday. And he's like, we should get on the phone call. I sent him my check-ins and I'm like, oh God, I'm in trouble. And he got on the phone with me and he asked me why, like if, what did he say? He was like, I don't think you know why you're doing what you're doing anymore. Ooh, competing wise? Yeah. And I was like, of course my ego was like, what do you mean? I know exactly what I'm doing. Yep. And he's like, no, do you know why you compete? Do you, do you, do you know why? And he gave me an example and he was like, if, I told you that you could have like the most successful podcast in, of your entire career. Come on, with like the perfect guest that would like elevate your business. Yeah. But it fucks with a competition date. Yeah. Which one would you choose? And I'm like, I'd compete. And he's like, why? And I, d- I didn't have an answer. Yeah. And I get what he was getting at. He was trying to help me understand like what I was prioritizing. And he's like, you like to compete because you like to be the best version of yourself, right? Yeah. But without if what does competing do for you as a whole? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, where are your priorities? Yeah. And I, I, I still couldn't understand what he was like trying to get at, but what the conversation wound up, wound up being to is me sobbing my fucking eyes out because I didn't fucking know anymore. Yeah. And he got me to break. He asked me all of these questions to help me understand that I didn't know what I was doing anymore Yeah. about why, why the stage helped me. Cause in this moment in my life, it's not helping me. Yeah. Just this season of my life. Yeah. But long story short, we decided that I was going to take a break and refocus, reset and find myself again because the baseline answer was, I don't know why I'm doing it. So I've competed for, oh my God, geez. uh, A long time. A long time. Very long time. I got into lifting as soon as I graduated high school. So bodybuilding was like my immediate entrance into adult world was in bodybuilding. That's where I, you know, found myself, quotation marks around that. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. That, well, it's, it was my life, you yeah. know. And what really catapulted my whole uh, leaving my relationship and stepping away from competing was my best friend died um, a little over a year ago. And it snapped me into reality. And I was like, fuck. Because she was 28 when she died. So young. And I was like. I'm sorry, wait, (laughs) my best friend dies and I'm like, I needed to reevaluate if, if I were to die next week, am I happy with the way that I am living my life? Not necessarily am I happy with what I did with my life because I'm so young that like, I will never be happy with everything that I did, but am I happy with the day-to-day choices that I am making and how I am going and the trajectory of my life? Am I happy with it? And the answer was, fuck, no, I wasn't. And I was like, fuck, I am unhappy every day. Like, I don't really like the way that I look. Like, I just was not happy. And I was like, fuck this, I'm changing it. And I I think for me, if I hadn't had lost her, I would probably still be in the situation I was in. You know, so I try to look at like all the terrible things with there is a positive that comes with it, you know, because... <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I wish I didn't lose her, but I'm trying to see the, okay, well. Silver lining. Yes, the silver lining over the fact that it changed my life. 
yeah. you know? And it made me realize like, life is fucking short, dude. And I was a bodybuilder my whole life, right? And I have never got to travel. I never got to do anything. And my my ex never wanted to do anything. So, cause he was a bodybuilder and it was all about gym, food, that's it. That's all he wanted to do. We tried to go on, you know, like trips and he hated it. It was a fight the whole time. He would yell at me that I was ruining his bodybuilding, you know? So like, I I never did anything. And I like, I stepped back and I was like, fuck, like I want to experience things. Like I want to experience foods, other countries, other people. Like I just want to, you know, meet so many other personalities. And like, it's, that's one of the reasons why I love living in Vegas is because I meet people from all over the world here. Yeah. It's so cool. But I just had like this thirst for experience, you know, and I wanted it. And I was like, I'm so unhappy. Like, I just want to experience life. And that's why I stepped away from bodybuilding. And uh, I'm I'm not saying I'll never go back to it. But at this point, I'm not making plans for anything. I think that's where we kind of came to terms with it, too. And it yeah. was a hard thing to do. I'm really glad that you shared that. because, yeah. it, And that's kind of what he explained to me, too. He's like, I'm excited for you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because he was like, you're done. And I'm like, don't, no, no, I'm not done. And he's like, you're done for now. Yeah. And he's like, and it's okay. He's like, once you reset and refocus, he's like, you are going to come back tenfold if you decide to. Yeah. And it's okay to step away. He's like, but you need to, you need to like separate yourself from the identity of being a competitor well, full time. Yep. Because you're. he's like, you're still a professional athlete. No one's taking that away from you. Right. But you need to find the identity outside of it. And the reason why this conversation started was because I was telling him how hard it was for me every single time post-show. It got better every time, but I couldn't figure out what the fuck I was doing in an off-season. I do the work, but I struggled so hard to figure out, like, well, why? Like, why my motivation dropped, everything dropped. He even asked me, he's like, what percentage of what you post on social media is what you want to post? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are we talking? What are you even talking about? Like you're my fitness coach, but yeah. we- we're like, we're close. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to ask you because if you were posting exactly what you wanted to be posting, what would you be doing? I'm like a lot of podcasting. He's like, do it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like this is just like, it's really crazy. Cause like, I didn't expect that conversation, Yeah. but at the end of it, I almost felt like this, like, breath of fresh air yeah that someone gave me this like permission Christina, it's permission someone gave me permission to be like it's okay to let go of this fucking gnarly death grip you have on something that you feel like you need to do because of what you're being told you need to do and it's not even you need to you keep up happiness. with it you need to do all these competitions mm-hmm. well what if i what if i just want to take a break and pull back for a minute absolutely and just take a breather it's okay yeah same with relationships like it's okay to leave something that you're not happy with because yourself is not being fulfilled or you're feeling not okay. Yeah. But sometimes it takes someone giving you like, Hey, like, it's okay. It's okay to do this. Yeah. Per- I, so I have now learned how to give permission to myself, but it takes some, a lot of the time at the start, it takes somebody giving you permission and saying, it's okay to not want to do this anymore. Like, cause I know for me with bodybuilding, it was literally my whole identity. I started it after high school. So like 18, 18 to 27, it was bodybuilding, 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 bodybuilding. My business is bodybuilding. My marriage is bodybuilding. I'm a bodybuilder. Year round, it's bodybuilding. We didn't travel. We didn't do anything. It was bodybuilding, bodybuilding, you know, and uh, it was all I was, you know, and I was not happy, you know, and I, I 
okay, so when I started going to therapy <clears throat> and I started doing group therapy and I started getting around other people, you mm -hmm. know, and people that were not bodybuilders, people that were just regular people, you know, I started realizing like, I don't know if the fitness industry is really where I fit, you know, because I, I don't, ugh, it's hard, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to say this, you know, but there's a lot that goes on in the fitness industry that I don't agree with. Yeah. You same. know, and it's hard because as much as I love fitness, the fitness industry and fitness itself are different. Yeah. You know, so I realized I needed to take a step back from it. And I was like, I have to get out of this industry for a bit, you know, and I'll keep my foot in it. And I'll, obviously, I'm still going to be in fitness and training people. But like actually being super involved in yes, in it. the industry, because yeah. that's all all my friends were competitors. Everything was competing. That was my whole life. And like, it is consuming. And it is why there are so many bodybuilders with depression, so many bodybuilders with anxiety there. I mean, the drug abuse is ridiculous, you know, and it's because so many people have lost themselves because their only thing they are is competitors. And they get lost in what they think they need to do to compete with everybody else. And it's yes. like, it just is a cyclical, just like, yeah, it can be. And this is like no way discrediting the fitness industry. By oh, no, 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 means no, no, because no. it has shaped like it has done wonders for me as well absolutely like in i don't think i'd be this confident of a person if yeah. i hadn't gone into it yeah. but if you get lost in it just like anything else lost you get in lost the sauce. in relationships <laughs> you get lost in the fucking sauce yeah and you don't even know who you are anymore yeah and that can that can happen anywhere it's not just the it's not just the fitness industry it's yeah. any industry if you get so involved in it that that is the only thing that you are you're, you lose your sense of self yes. just like everything else. Yes. Well, I can do an entire episode on like fitness, I feel like. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for deep diving into all of that. Like, I think it's so amazing to talk about healthy boundaries mm -hmm. and your sense of self in general, because I feel like it plays such a big role into every part of your life. And especially like as a female, like this is never an episode or a podcast driven to just females because there are men who go through so much oh, of the absolutely. same issues, including abusive relationships. So yes. this is in no yes. way, shape or form. When I speak about the women, this happened to the woman, yeah. this can also happen to the man too. I just speak because I'm speaking to a woman and I'm a yeah. woman myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. So it's, <laughs> it's just, we're just giving the female perspective, yeah. you know, but it can be applied to both. I mean, right. I, when I started doing group therapy is when I started kind of opening my eyes to, you know, everything that was going on in both for both women and for men. You it's know? like such a cool perspective too to hear, um, from both, from both sides. I have, I have a lot of respect for all of the male, um, dominant podcasts mm -hmm. that are like not toxic. Like I actually, I won't name, I won't name them. <laughs> I've got a fucking few I could name, <laughs> but, um, the male demographic of podcasts that talk about masculinity in a healthy way and yeah. healing the masculine because yes. we are in a world where they're being desensitized Absolutely. and um you know stomped on too so yes. I am all about empowering the healthy male as well as the healthy female. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, but we should get together for another podcast because this was so good. But, yeah. Um, make sure to give Chandler a follow. We will leave her Instagram handle below. She is open to online coaching clients and a badass makeup artist here in Las Vegas. And feel free to, I can probably speak for both of us, open to questions. Oh, absolutely. Always. Always. Chandler's always, always answering like 
a crazy amount of questions on her platform, which I applaud her for because that can get really gnarly <laughs> sometimes. But um, make sure to hit us up if there's anything you guys would like to see us talk about on this podcast. I am an open book. So make sure to hit us up and check out all the other podcasts from the Sticky Paws Studios here in Las Vegas. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>